And welcome to the Wrestling Headlines WWE NXT review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on YouTube and also available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net. Also on Twitter, Wrestle Headlines, Facebook, Wrestling Headlines, all of that jazz. That's everything plugged. Awesome. Tonight, Takeover. Next week, the WrestleMania season go home show for NXT. And Vic Joseph is really excited to share how to sign up to Peacock. <laughs> sign up to Peacock now. Oh, that really got. I love that when that happens. <laughs> when they transition from something, though. Oh God, wasn't that exciting? The way that Io Shirai just crashed through that wall wasn't that exciting. But you know what else I'm also excited about? To share how to sign up to the streaming service. <laughs> oh, just such a natural transition. And arguably, I would say Tony Giovanni absolutely winning the transition segue battle right now <laughs> because no, like, it's not going to happen in WWE. It's too like bland and scripted. You're not going to get our absolutely amazing transition last week. <laughs> it's just like um, the incredible transition by Tony Giovanni, who said, the, the legend of AEW continues to grow, and the legend of Tarzan is next. It's <laughs> just like, oh my God, amazing. <laughs> incredible transition. There is no beating that insane stuff. <laughs> really, really, oh, really great stuff. But anyway, so, but the thing today was Io Shirai, and Raquel Gonzalez having a big old war over NXT as it's built its way towards TakeOver, double TakeOver next week. The TakeOverers? Let's go with that. <laughs> That's happening next week. And Raquel Gonzalez was in action during the show. She had a nice little match against Zoe Stark. And uh, before that match, Io Shirai kicked us off with what was going to happen for the, like, intersected for the rest of the show. Where Io Shirai... Engaged in a quick backstage little fight before the match that completely backfired. <laughs> like, uh, and yeah, this is like a nice little reasoning for her to then charge out again for the way that this segment ended. Raquel Gonzalez being all confident and stuff on on the microphone before the thing and outcharges the Shirai. But the pattern would repeat three, two more times <laughs> before we got to the actual ending point of the show where Io, a very shouty Io Shirai, <laughs> it's just like, got you, got you, take over hype. Ugh. But uh, yeah. Uh, the rest of the night, she got beaten up three times. <laughs> it's the next point of it. So either this was like a nice little foreshadowing that Io Shirai is going to get battered, but ultimately win. Or it's a nice little thing that Raquel Gonzalez, like, it's going to take something to take her down. That Io Shirai, the only time she got her down was like in a massive multi-person brawl at the end, which I feel like the picture I've made resembles that pretty well. <laughs> Paste that picture. Just the utter chaos of a uh, jumpy Shirai. Raquel Gonzalez being all... Uh, massive and big hoss, <laughs> the big mama. And yeah, like, in the match itself, Zoe Stark and Raquel Gonzalez, the consistently oppressing NXT rookie powered around the, I'm oh, sorry, consistently rookie got powered around <laughs> by the biggest badass in NXT, uh, taking a ton of offense, but uh, like the hop, the hope spots remained heavy in the second half, so good for you, Zoe. A beautiful little, what I called a whisper blockbuster, but yeah, just the rotation into the blockbuster that was cool for a close near fall before big mama cool nailed the single arm powerbomb win and uh, yeah just the then came Io Shirai charging out after the match at uh, the strong words from Gonzalez and uh, like once again 
getting launched <laughs> it's thrown into the barricade and just grounded as Raquel's like stay just go away what are you doing <laughs> and at that point I was just like okay that's cool that's interesting like the final note before takeover being that EO has lost both of her attempts to take down Gonzalez and Gonzalez has just powered her off in powerful fashion and that's how it's all ended Nope, <laughs> that was not how it ended, as we got yet another run-in attack as uh, Gonzalez had a backstage interview. As she's answering, we see Io Shirai charging in <laughs> in the background, and in one, just uh, charging in on her one more time. Uh, the beatdown, arguably the most devastating of them all for Shirai, as Raquel powered her off through a plasterboarded window. I mean, the commentator's like, oh my god, they sent her through that wall, isn't that insane? And I did like the idea of then going round the wall, <laughs> going into that hallway, so you could see where Shirai landed. I really did like that, and you saw kind of like the plasterboard stain on her leg as well. Uh, I was like, yeah, just nice little little bit there. I like that. Uh, but also it made me laugh when I was just going, but there's a window right next to that. <laughs> it's one of those things, like, why have you plasterboarded a window? <laughs> just my immediate thought in my head. Like, why, why have you plasterboarded a window, though? <laughs> why have you done that? <laughs> Um, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I enjoy this wrestling, I enjoy the smashy and the carnage. Yeah, just don't ever think about why the thing was there for them to get thrown through. The answer is so they can get thrown through it. It's not part of the building. <laughs> it's just there for that one thing. Yeah, don't think about it too much. But after the main event, because I'll talk about the show in order soon enough. But after the main event, Io Shirai again <laughs> charged down to the ring as our battle royal victor was uh, all victoriously standing. Io Shirai charged down to the ring, got onto the microphone, called out Raquel Gonzalez. The fight is still on. Shirai not backing down in spite of getting launched all over the place every time. <laughs> Gonzalez then charged out as the whole women's division locker room tried to hold them back. Io Shirai getting to play the ultimate note as she springboarded off the top rope, crashing down onto everybody. And then it's a very shouty Io Shirai emphatically playing us out. <laughs> Just like she finally got the one up on Raquel Gonzalez. But that created such an interesting... The entire time I was like, where's this going? Is Shirai's getting her ass beat every time? <laughs> like, where is this? It's baiting the picture that Shirai will keep on coming. But Gonzalez is just too much. That's the thing I was getting. But she won in the end of the show. Obviously, it took the whole women's locker room being there, creating just utter chaos and carnage for her to then just springboard onto them. She took Gonzalez down in the end. She found a way to do it. And I feel like that that could be foreshadowing. That could be it. That could be what they're going for with uh, this little little bit here. Or because we saw her do it, that gives you the hope that she will fight back because this was the pattern we just saw when we see it again at TakeOver next week. It gives me food for thought, things to think upon. <laughs> and that's always appreciated with the wrestling rather than the just, I'm going to beat you up. No, I'm going to beat you up. You sure about that? Pretty sure, are you though? Because I'm pretty sure I'm the one that's going to do that, This is so much better than that. This creates that utter carnage feel. And I I am looking forward to it. I think the thing that really helped is this is the main event for night one. And they gave it a lot of time in the show. And this was the final beat. Like, the final beat wasn't the men's title for night two. They had that for like the past couple of weeks with Finn Balor and Karrion Cross. They got their time. This week, that was just a video. And of course, with this being a pre-takeover NXT, there were a lot of videos and hype packages and things getting you ready for standard deliver. I'm yours. And I do know the lyrics are not standard deliver. It's signed, sealed, delivered. But it's good enough for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a, it's a good way to end an NXT. It's like a, hyped, a nice hyped way to leave you for takeover, which is the utter carnage all over the place. 
Uh, as you question, what pandemic? <laughs> it's just like a yeah, nice a nice visual of utter carnage. To then, that the last feeling you have seeing these two is just that hype of that carnage field. So hopefully that carries over to night one as well next week. But yeah, they did a great job. A, a great job leaving us off. And this show was 100%. It felt like a go-home show. It really did, full of promo packages, and then every single segment was le- purposefully building to a match at TakeOver. Like, everything had that purpose and direction to it. And that's, that means it's like an easy show to watch. It, ne- it does also mean it's never going to be the greatest show ever, but it, it can create like a hyped atmosphere. That's pretty much what this show was kind of building towards, leaving you on that ultimate high note as your eyes going crazy, and that's where you leave us. Uh, so we're hyped for TakeOver. Yeah, some nice stuff. <laughs> some nice stuff with Yoshirai. Anyway, let's get on to the rest of the show. After this lovely... Ooh. Hot chocolate sip. Num, num, num. <laughs> it's late at night. I need my hot chocolate. Uh, this show, as I was saying, it was a setup show. It was a build for TakeOver. That does mean there's not a lot to talk about. So this might be an extremely short review. But it is NXT. I feel like the NXT reviews shouldn't be as long as the Raw reviews. So it's perfectly fine if I keep it under... Because uh, most of the time, my, my stance will just be, yeah, they built it fine. Yeah, they got me excited enough. It's not really much... <laughs> the reason the raw reviews are so long is so many questionable decisions happen. But when those questionable decisions don't happen, and you just excitedly chat about it, that, yeah, those those shows aren't going to be as long. Because there's none of that contention or figuring out why the thing is wrong. Well, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, we opened up NXT with Roderick Strong in no mood for nonsense as he opened up against a man who is nothing but <laughs> Grimes the system. <laughs> it's Cameron Grimes. So Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Money Grimes. Yeah, Grimes pulling an uh, undisputed era armband, armband out of his pants to distract Roddy in the end. Uh, before the match, he was uh, talking about teaming up, kind of continuing that storyline from last week. Uh, so, uh, look, I've made like a an audio vi- entrance thing for it, where it's Grimes the system, Grimes the system. Then it kicks into Kevin Grimes's <laughs> music. But Roddy Strong just charged him on the ramp before he could get any further. And uh, yeah, but Grimes, there was a play to him. He had an undisputed era armband in his pants, and he used that to distract Roddy and hit the cave in for the win. It's almost like a decent little opener here, like showing Strong to not be in his right mind as we head to the Battle Royal Gauntlet number one contender combo match, and. I was generally thinking, oh, so this is like a setup for Roddy in the match to lose his concentration and get eliminated and not make it in. Because we've got our 12 people, we've got to get rid of a few bigger guys. This could be one of those like bigger angles to do that. Um, technically, it was a bigger angle to remove somebody. We're not in that fashion at all. As about an hour into the show, we caught up with Roddy again as he made his way out of the arena, declaring he's done in a completely dejected tone, just like, I'm done. And just walks off as the interviewer's like, but you got, got a match? <laughs> you got a match, Roddy? It just, out he goes. And yeah, to really sell, I feel like them having like a run of hype promos afterwards and we got the Undisputed Era one in like a massive fancy fashion later in the show. And obviously that was done really well. I normally applaud NXT for their hype packages. They normally nail, to be fair, that's the thing of main rosters of WWE as well, making gold out of crap <laughs> a lot of the times. A lot of times, even last-minute stuff, so the video-only, like, voice footage they've got, it'll be, like, the final episode. And they, they'll put that around something. <laughs> and it'll, more often than not, feel be a really strong, like, video package. Uh, but I feel like this moment here, with, Adam, with uh, Roderick Strong, really sold 
what's happening between Cole and O'Reilly as well. Where just him in the aftermath of this completely de- dejected, just walking out of NXT. It's like, yeah, I, that really helps them sell what's happening between Cole and O'Reilly. So, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, later on, we also got other hype packages like uh, on we got the pre-Takeover uh, promo hype train fully rolling. A cross in training and uh, Walter with some chinwag for Champa. Champa then later in the show got his own time to talk some crap. And uh, yeah, again, these are all really strong. They do their purpose, they move on. They get you remind you of a match. They get over the character for one of the people. The story remind you of the story. Bam, there you go. Uh, yeah, they're all solid. Uh, there's not really. I don't know how NXT works in terms of the video production department. Like, are they also in developmental? I assumed everybody was <laughs> that's working there. Uh, but in terms of those uh, kind of segments, because of course those people can then move to the main roster just like everybody else does. Like you train backstage as well as in front of the camera. That's my assumption. I thought I'd heard that, but I don't know if that's complete or not a crap. Anyway, uh, yeah, the video packages are solid. <laughs> so if you're working on XD, not as a, if it does work how I thought it would, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're solid. Uh, after that, we got Legado Del Vantasma. Uh, Escobar issued an open challenge so he could showcase to Devlin exactly what he is in for, and this is exactly what I was saying earlier. Uh, whatever match we got was directly tied into something at TakeOver. No filling for time, just rolling full steam ahead. Uh, this division will forever belong to him because it's in his blood and whatnot. <laughs> Whatever it was. Uh, who accepted the challenge? It's Tyler Breeze. He's the babyface that's worked for everything whilst Escobar's entitled and words of the such. Generic WWE scripting for a quick match setup. Like, you get the gist. Uh, nothing really. But like, anybody, any babyface could have answered that challenge. Uh, it works because it's Tyler Breeze and his vet, but like uh, any babyface could have said those lines. No, nothing. <laughs> it's just. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But. Match itself was strong. He gave Escobar a decent showing before TakeOver as well, just to remind you why he's champion. Uh, but Breeze caught Escobar off guard as the champion didn't take Prince Pretty seriously enough. Which is like a little story they play in NXT where the heels won't take Breeze seriously because of the way that he kind of carries himself and presents himself sometimes as being a bit more comedic, a bit more silly. Like, oh, he just loves having fun. <laughs> All that stuff. But... Prince Pretty in the ring then shows them up. It's like, well, you've got to take me seriously now then. Uh, in the end, Escobar did turn it on though. Uh, driving Breeze down with the Phantom Driver for the win after Breeze was able to get a proper fight in for a second and score some close falls. But it was all about setting up TakeOver and the post-match attack on Breeze was broken up by the returning MSK making the save already for, to be one-third of the tag team triple threat, the other being the Ganoda Phantasma, so the run-in kind of leads into that as well. And then on screen, the final third popping up for Gibson to jabber in Liverpoolian for a quick second. With his own serious message of, he's soon to be something. Soon to be! <laughs> I, I, I thought, it's probably wise if I don't do the Liverpoolian accent. But if you don't do the Liverpoolian accent, and you do the, the tense neck voice with it, it's like, soon to be! <laughs> it's not right, it feels really weird. <laughs> You can't do the Zach Gibson thing without putting the Liverpudlian twang on it, otherwise you're just going, <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> it's really weird. It's really strange. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, the way they got an interview, Johnny and Austin with a finger poke of doom plan, a little gag about, you know, wait, no, it broke the business. What do you mean it killed the business? Or well, We're still here, aren't we? We're like, the business isn't dead. Oh, we could probably do it then. <laughs> it's just that train of thought. Uh, whilst Candice and Indy, they were hoping their own takeover opponents in Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart were watching. 
As said, uh, their takeover opponents, they champions shrugged them off last week, and this week they accepted. Didn't see a reason why. Uh, I don't know what they did differently. Won a match against the jobbers. <laughs> I don't quite know what the Bayface's reasoning from them was. They they challenged. They, yeah, we'll get to that. That's the, ma the match is up next. Uh, but yes, Ember Moon. They hope that Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart are watching their upcoming matchup. Like quick, Robin, to the segue into the next match. It's Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell versus Jobby Dolin and Zida Jobbier. Uh, I think it's Gigi Gigi Dolin and Zida. Via? Via? I can't what it was. Come on. She trained at, at the Booker T uh, school. And as soon as I saw her in the way that she was moving, I was like, I can sense Booker T in that. <laughs> it's just, it's like, it, you, you can see it. Like when you watch certain wrestlers, like, oh yeah, you, you were trained by Dance Storm. <laughs> like the sound in certain areas. A, a little showcase for the women's tag number one contenders as Candice stomps the lass's face in and Indy drops the elbow. Uh, just, yeah, aside from, it was just a, like a little showcase for them. A job match, not really... Anything else to talk about? Elevate makes them look decent enough going into TakeOver to make the challenge to the champions. After the match, Candice with that Wii challenge for the champions who rolled out on their tank uh, after she after Candice declared the titles theirs. And they accepted their own retorting message in the form of firing the cannon with a little ball to make the heels jump. <laughs> ah, yes, classic tank-based foreplay. <laughs> good stuff there. Uh, good stuff. Yeah, then uh, off they went. End of segment. Again, don't know why they accepted this week other than the fact of, oh, it's TakeOver next week. We don't have a match. <laughs> so I guess we'll accept whoever challenges us. And that was Candice and Indy. So that's the logic I'm going with in my head. Because uh, there was no explanation why they shot them down last week and then accepted them this week. Other than, it's TakeOver. Don't have a match. What do we do? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that. After that was Zoe Stark versus Raquel Gonzalez, joined by Dakota Kai and all of that stuff. Nice little match there. Little brawl with Shirai. And it's time to get weird with Jaya Lee and Tian Sha as that slowly builds up. A Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter versus Jaya Lee and Tian Sha. Lee making her way down to the ring by herself. Uh, Sha, interestingly, is a little... Because this was promoted as Tian Sha's in-ring debut, or at least hyped a bit like it. It was put in a match. This is the match that's happening. Like, oh, Tian Sha's debut. That's interesting. There's been no hint towards that. Interesting. But the way it played out was, if you're going to put her in a match, and you've not hinted that she's going to wrestle, this is a kind of way to do it, to start hinting that she will. Uh, like, Sha not moving from her throne atop the stage. Stayed there the entire match. Casey, once again, bringing something new as she pops up with the twisting, the twist into a code breaker. That looks awesome. Uh, quickly finding ourselves one-on-one, uh, -on -one, sorry, quickly finding herself one-on-one -on -one as Carter decided to walk up the ramp and taunt Shah into taking part in the match. Not wise, as the last immediately got choked out and fainting after red mist of sorts. I think it was just mist blown into her face and she just fainted and collapsed. Uh, Jaya Lee kicking Katanzaro's head off for the win. And yeah, there's a uh, continued story of Tian Sha putting her warriors forward into like not always even scenarios because those warriors are that strong. Like, so, yeah, why would Tian Sha have to wrestle? She's trained them that well. But it also starts to hint at the fact that she's eventually going to wrestle. And this is a decent first step, I guess, in that as well. But also, if you can, she's, uh, you can see a little bit of what Tian Sha is like, as a character outside of sits on the throne and looks creepy. Like what, what else is there? <laughs> what else is there going on? And it is a story that I've been relatively into. I've 
I'm in, I still I still am really down with the presentation. I'm still really interested to see where it goes. It's obviously just they're still building to it, so there's not that much to say. I haven't got that much to criticise because they're still building it soundly with all the steps. And this is the time I've always like with NXT. I was criticising them for not having any characters built like this. It felt like a lot of things were rushed. But to have this really long and uh, drawn out build of Shia Lee for me on NXT. I'm really down for it taking as long as you want. That for a show like NXT, it kind of felt like needs that longer building thing in the background rather than just move to the next thing, the next thing, to the next thing. You're continuously building Jai Lee. And eventually, if she challenges for the title, you spent so much time building her, surely it's going to pay off eventually. Uh, yeah. There's one more thing to talk about. An adorable doggo <laughs> running backstage. Well, where's he going? Where are you going, little fella? And on the screen... He runs to a pair of legs and says, see you April 13th on the screen. And it's signed by Frankie. Ah, immediately. I was like, oh, the dog. I'm an idiot. It's Taya Valkyrie. Yes, nice. She's been NXT name generated, <laughs> which is like, oh, that's a bit of a shame. But yes, yeah, Taya Valkyrie, strong talent. Nice little debut on our way to an already stacked NXT women's division. And she's debuting after TakeOver on the first NXT to take place on a Tuesday which for me is fantastic, is great. Because I've today, for example, got real life things to do, but also I'll watch AEW first and then I'll watch NXT. So it's a lot of, it's, that's four hours of wrestling in one day. But if they were split over two days, because it's been before where I've just not had time, like I've really wanted to watch AEW first, I've just not had the time and then ended up not watching AEW like till the weekend. And it's like, oh, that's, uh, that, it sucks when that happens to me. Because mo most likely I've seen a lot of spoilers like, I know a lot of what happened on the show by that point. But with uh, the change, it's like, yeah, it's great for me. And personally, because I'm English as well, I quite like having a late Tuesday for the Raw review and a late Wednesday for the HT review, rather than stretching it out with one day to a cover in between. So personally for me, this is, <laughs> this is a great thing. I have got the unique circumstances of, like, energy retention <laughs> and all of that thing, which is, I feel like for like, somebody covering wrestling in the UK is kind of quite an important thing to kind of keep on top of just the, not to burn yourself out by being up late too much too often uh, especially when I know I've not coped with it that well especially on like it's a pay-per-view week and uh, I've got New Japan as well because I'm of course covering New Japan in written form like yeah it has its problems <laughs> it does things. so for me personally this is a lot better much longer recovery window and what should work really well in me hopefully taking on Smackdown whenever my life frees up enough to actually cover it but yeah it's uh, yeah, I'm all for the move to this. And that's got absolutely nothing to do with the business side. It's purely on a personal kind of taking in of wrestling. I would, I really like NXT not being on a Wednesday. It kind of it brings down the amount of wrestling I have to watch on a single day to then move forward. So, yeah, it's great for me. In terms of, like, I guess the Wednesday night stuff, it, like, in terms of, I don't know who cared most, but the fact that NXT lost practically every week, they were, you're talking really like it's less than is it three or less over the course of what are the what is it half years that nxt has beaten them and they were all the big shows um i guess similar number of times that aw broke one million it's the same times that nxt beat aw in terms of regularity it's just not regular occurrence we've got a lot of closeness and like really the amount of people watching wrestling was mostly around that same number some weeks it jumped right up uh, but 
yeah, it's good for both, really, because when we saw they weren't on the same day, I felt like that was, in terms of like fan perception as well, that was a deciding factor. When we got that time where we got to see both NXT and AEW on that Wednesday night without each other person, and both of them got astronomically better viewers, viewing figures. I feel like after that week happened, or a couple of weeks, whenever it was, like after that happened, it was just like, well, you saw it there. The numbers would likely go up. So it's not good for either company, really. Uh, in terms of WWE, they've got a bit... Uh, I feel like WWE have got a much freer ability to move days than AEW would. Again, given like just the size and trust of company that WWE have kind of with USA, whatever TV stations have been with for a while. I feel like they... Compared to TNT, which I feel like TNT are still... They're obviously happy, but I doubt they'll be... Like as open to this, this still relatively new thing in AEW in requesting to move a day, for example. Um, but it's WWE; it's not the main show. In terms of promotion, getting people regularly tuning in, it makes sense for AEW to not want to move. As in, don't change dates up that much right now. So like, stick, be consistent. It's the internet thing, where be regular, be consistent. And I feel like AEW are building that up. Especially the regular stuff, like Dark Elevation is just like yet another show uh, to take in as well. If you want that wider universe. Uh, so Sam, or Sam Brown put it as an amazing little comparison to Lord of the Rings. you got Lord of the Rings. That'll do you. You'll get through Lord of the Rings. But if you want the extra stuff, there is the extended edition that adds hours to the runtime of an already mammoth epic. <laughs> but you'll get more out of it if you do watch that extended thing. But you don't have to. You still get enough out of the main thing, and uh, yeah, that was like way back when it was. Uh, like I want to say, maybe even a year ago, he made that comparison, but it just kind of stuck with me. It's like, yeah, I feel like that is AW for me, where there is all this extra stuff, but you don't have to watch it to get it. And I feel like the more they've done on, on Dynamite to say, well, this is what happened on Dark, this is what has been happening, and I feel like that's better. <laughs> that, 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 I feel like they got a lot better at it. And yeah, I've gone on a tangent. <laughs> I've been talking about the actual uh, feel of the shows, uh, but yes, with the with the Mooter Tuesdays, that's great for me personally. For me, that's like the number one deciding that's one number one deciding factor of what is my opinion on it. Uh, number one deciding factor: how does it work for me as a wrestling viewer? Uh, and especially again, I'm not normal given that I do this for a website, but I for me it's so much better getting things spread out, keeping it in a much tighter bubble rather than spread throughout the week, so I'm less likely to have recovered by like a Saturday. It's like, yeah, it's great for me. I mean, I'm not looking forward to WrestleMania week. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> two takeovers, Hall of Fame, two WrestleManias. How the hell am I going to get through that? And he got a Smackdown on Friday as well. Like, how do you expect me to, <laughs> to get through this? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a good college try. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, they've moved to Tuesdays, and I'm all for it. I'm all good for it. So, yeah, especially, again, there's the business side as well, that NXT were just losing most weeks. So it makes sense. Again, what is that that week where we got to see AEW figures without NXT and we got to see NXT viewers without AEW both rocketed up. So, yeah, for me, when as soon as that happened and you saw the evidence, it makes sense to just shift it and it just makes the sense. It did so well. After the adorable doggo, because that's where we took the <laughs> tangent... Uh, we got Champa with his little minute to hype up his clash with Walter for night one of TakeOver. And then we get to the main event. 
the 11-man battle royal to decide the North American Championship number one contender gauntlet order. It's a bit of a mouthful, <laughs> but I feel like that just explains everything well enough. But as an additional sentence, they went through it all before the match, and I've slimmed it <laughs> right down. WWE, their list of bullet points, me with my, like, yeah, yeah it's, I've got it in a sentence or two. So the final six all qualify. The order of their elimination then decides their entry number. The winner of the gauntlet on night one faces Gargano for the North American title on night two. That is it. <laughs> don't need a paragraph. <laughs> WWE. So I don't know, sometimes they do this presentation where they kind of stretch out the rules a bit. And I'm not a massive fan when they do it at the Rumble. And it's like a full block text. It's obviously bullet pointed, but it's almost like a block of here's all the stuff you need to know. It's like, oh, there's a better way you can do this. <laughs> don't need as much information elaborated out. Uh, maybe they think it kind of gives a more grandiose where you've got somebody declaring down the rules as you're waiting for the match to begin. Um, but yeah, simple enough. Not, not that complicated. It's something different. You get an exciting battle royal on night one and it influences night two. Personally, I'm a massive fan of doing something on night one that then directly affects something on night two. Or you're setting up for something for it. And I feel like that really helps it tie together. Uh, again, the only big example I've got of this, because we haven't seen WrestleMania yet. I was, again, I don't feel like it's going to be anything tying over the two WrestleMania nights. It's just a massive card split in half. And yes, I have seen the announcement that WrestleMania, normal WrestleMania matches are now taking place on SmackDown. But I feel like the difference thing is that these are the pre-show matches. And yes, it sucks that the SmackDown Championship will be, would have been on the pre-show. It's looking at the guys involved. It's like, oh, this could have been a great WrestleMania just to give them a moment. You got two nights because you really not fit them in. Like, what's what's the thing that's <laughs> really taking it? But these these would have been the pre-show matches, and they're not doing a pre-show. So where do you put them? And the answer is on SmackDown. Obviously, it sucks that all of these guys are not getting that WrestleMania big match or feel or or that payday, but uh, not doing a pre-show. So that's the that's the sucky element to it. These were these are pre-show matches, and they wouldn't have. Uh, doesn't mean I agree with the pre-show matches all them being pre-show matches that's just for their pre-show matches that they've decided are pre-show matches and they're not, but they're not doing a pre-show when do you have them I'm saying pre-show too much I want to move on <laughs> I'm sick of it now uh, Ruff kicking off the match by jumping Swerve uh, Swerve was the like, in initial first guy out but Ruff jumped him to battle before any royal could begin and I've got a quick initial like elimination run before we got to our final six uh, Jake Atlas out first after Bivens distracted him into a Swerve elimination uh, but Karma struck fast as Tyler Rust was launched over soon after. Theory next because he's an idiot, <laughs> landing on his back and being told he's safe. So he kipped up to re-enter the fight. He kind of stayed there on his back a bit. It's like, wait, I've got it. Kips up and then he just assumed he was trying to figure out how to get back in the ring without touching his feet on the ground. But no, he was like, oh wait, I can just kip up. Amazing. <laughs> what an idiot. And finally, Peter Dune and Kushida got caught in their own fight, both eliminated after Kushida went all the way over the top with the hoverboard locked in all the way to the ground and ramping it up as well. Uh, I don't know, we've got two scenarios here. One, this is going to be a sudden takeover match and we get it announced like two kind of current era rising guys or hotter guys in terms of momentum in a way or future momentum. I really don't know what they're doing with Kushida but Dunn's had that big matchup with Finn Balor and feels like a much elevated entity. Uh, so there is that. Or the story is Peter Dunne getting more annoyed at Kushida purely because he cost him his place on the biggest takeover of the year. 
So you can build up an animosity from there. Re like, again, really, these two guys are big names for what feels like the next year of NXT. I, again, I don't know what their take is on Kushida. Uh, he's he's kind of there, and it feels like he's a really strong talent, but he doesn't really feel like they massively want him. It's really strange. Like if <laughs> he's he, he's there, he's he kills it when he. I really really like this match with Johnny Gargano, but then he just filtered away again. It's like when he feels a guy that he really had massive plans for, surely he wouldn't just fade away. <laughs> it's really strange. But if he's having up with a few with Peter Dunn, I'll take it. And that's much better than like the massive gaps we've had with him before. It's like, oh, he's going to Peter Dunn. That's fine. He's not gone for months. He's just gone for a couple of weeks. That's yeah, fine. Not in the world. Uh, but our final six, Swerve and Ruff, who brawled from the beginning. Uh, Big Bronson Reed, Big Money Grimes. Sorry, Big Money Grimes. Uh, Dexter Loomis, who had the genius idea of standing in the corner, unmoving for the entire match. <laughs> Until like the final like three or four, whatever it was. Uh, just stood there the entire time. Nobody touched him. Why didn't, why didn't monsters do that more? Just stand completely still. <laughs> uh, and LA Knight was also there. Uh, Johnny Gargano joined commentary for some of the uh, final portion extra hype uh, with some golden lines. Like, Beth, you think you know me? <laughs> Beth's going, oh, God. It's like, on this day, I'm the North American champion. <laughs> Just getting more and more, for God's sake. <laughs> Reactions out of Beth Phoenix, which I honestly, obviously, really enjoyed. Uh, in terms of the order of elimination, then, deciding the order of entry for the gauntlet next week on night one of TakeOver, uh, Bronson Reed eliminating Ruff and Swerve in quick succession. That's not how I wrote it, I had to in my head figure it out. So Ruff and Swerve out in quick succession. So it looks like our gauntlet will be kicking off in similar brawly style and fashion with Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott kicking us off. Uh, Loomis finally awakening to help Knight and Grimes eliminate the big Aussie. And genius Cameron tried to play both of the remaining lads in Knight and Loomis. Uh, just, yeah, if you go out that way, you out that way, I'll give you all this money. You want all this money? Obviously, the two just teamed together to eliminate him. <laughs> it just chucked him out, uh, obviously. A uh, Jazzy Shatner in the Hall of Fame as Luminous is clinging on. <laughs> That's one of my worst jokes ever. Knight outsmarting the creepy lad as he slid to the outside and yanked him up off the apron. Not him off the apron. LA Knight wins. Good for you, LA Knight. And then uh, chatting to uh, Johnny Gargano. Yeah, it feels like, yeah, this is a... Decent win for LA Knight, puts him in a favourable position, but obviously kind of cements him as well as the guy who's not winning. And I've got it in my head, it could be Leon Ruff. Personally, I really don't want it to be Lewis. <laughs> personally. Uh, personally, I'd go with Bronson Reed. But uh, he doesn't feel like he's got that momentum. Which kind of sucks a little bit. He's been having like decent back and forth with folk, and he's got that story with LA Knight. But in terms of like who's actually got the momentum of Johnny Gargano, it's like, oh, they could really use this to get Swerve back in. Not Swerve, sorry, get Ruff back in. But I, I don't really want <laughs> anybody else to... Oh, it's strange. Anyone but Loomis. But it feels like if it's not him, Swerve's at the start. But I feel like... Swerve, uh, sorry, Ruff's at the start. Why do I keep saying Swerve? Ruff's at the start, but Ruff, it feels like Ruff can play a red herring really well. And then Loomis wins. But Loomis, I, I, I don't know. It's the, uh, oh, maybe it's a clever idea to do a rematch without directly setting up a rematch. He puts so many variables there in front of you that it really doesn't feel like it could have been a rematch. That it is just, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just pure luck that Loomis won. Like, it wasn't a straight-up rematch. He had to go through all of these hurdles. He had to 
do the survive the battle royal them in the gauntlet. It's not a straight up rematch. It's like oh, da, 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 da. Uh, I don't. Well, yeah, I'm not excited about it. I'm not into the next Extremis character, and he's the one that jumps out of me. But well, surely he's got to win because everybody else just doesn't have that running momentum right now. Personal favorite, easily Bronson Reed. Ruff, I feel like it could be a strong red herring. It could eliminate Swerve as well to give him momentum, but then get caught by somebody. Grimes as well could play as an amazing red herring in the match itself, in terms of him like snatching momentum and his, his brain. When I say he's brain smarts, I mean, he, like, he had that idea with the Undisputed Era band. And he does have good ideas, but he also has really bad ideas about the money. That was like the main event. So it's like, which Grimes are you going to get? He's probably going to get both. You get moments of genius where he just snatches momentum or snatches a, an elimination somewhere. Or you get the money thing where he's just, what are you doing? And <laughs> gets battered. Uh, we don't know which one we're going to get. Uh, but again, they're my two favourites. That's really all the predictions we're going to do, really, because uh, the card itself has been set up I think I said it previously as we're building to this it's been built up as a pretty strong transitional show and I feel like in terms of NXT moving forward that Finn Balor losing the title for me that's a big one giving it to Cross and then he got this new crop of guys actually like being champion at the top of the card but then the other one is Io Shirai losing as well probably because she's had a really strong run but I'm also ready for NXT to kick into that next gear. And i that's one of my main criticisms from last year. It's like you've got all of these acts who are of past eras of NXT. But it really you've got this massive problem that the newer guys aren't breaking through at the same rate before. And it's NXT. This isn't like a place where you get guys kind of holding on to those top spots. This is a place where it's in constant rotation given its developmental nature. Uh, but things might be changing with NXT Evolve becoming the ultimate kind of building block and then you've got NXT itself which is a much more of an established like a show of sorts we've got main roster guys in there as well uh, like like Finn Balor and Ember Moon I guess coming back like you've got main roster people who are in there but you've also got your guys being developed and you've got your established current era guys of NXT yeah. but I will say they've done a much better job in 2021 kind of building to that next generation like so many of my criticisms at the end of last year I really do feel like they've been addressed and I am generally really looking forward to Stand and Deliver. I feel like they've nailed it. And I'm planning on getting a column out by Sunday, which is addressing that exactly. That wasn't into War Games at all. But they've built really well to the next two takeovers. I feel like the television itself has massively improved. And maybe part of that is deciding that this takeover will be a transitional one. That's, that's my call. So maybe we're going to see top championships change hands. Not 100% on Io Shirai. You could use this one to kind of prolong it a bit. They've got a history of doing that. Uh, but I feel like Cross Balor might be a bit more certain. Just because it's kind of like ready for that next era to kind of, of NXT to kind of kick in. And this, this takeover again, it's been set, for me, it's been really set up to feel like this is the time to kick that forward. Uh, so we'll see. Like, Gargano could lose the North American Championship as well. Could see like a full sweep of changes and really kind of like a massive shift in the landscape of NXT. And you use that to do your new home on Tuesdays as well. Like to really kick it off as something different. That is my thoughts. Anyway, that is the end of the NXT review. What do you think about it? You can hit me up on the, the Twitch. <laughs> I meant to say Twitter. Hit me up on the Twitter at the Damien Placat. You can watch and follow me over on the, the Twitch as well. I've been streaming relatively frequently. Uh, often catch me and Ash off the Wrestling Shorts fame. I will be... What will I be doing? I'll be back here on Tuesday for the Monday Night Raw review. And my plan for TakeOver next week is to do them both in one night rather than staying up late for both. I 
I need to double, I need to double or triple check when things are actually live because I don't. I might have to stay up late for night two to, in order to do it. But we'll wait and see how it goes because I can't do two. I can't do like night one of NX of Takeover, night two of a Takeover, then WrestleMania and WrestleMania night two. It's too much. <laughs> so we'll wait and see how, what I actually do. Anyway, I will be live on Tuesday with the Monday Night Raw review for the start of WrestleMania week as it kicks ahead and we get a little bit crazy <laughs> with the amount of late nights as the UK folk will be dead by the end of it. Uh, it's, always, it's always worth it though, normally. Like even if the shows aren't great, the atmosphere of the fans is just fine enough. <laughs> and live fans as well for WrestleMania. That feels like it's a massive kind of step. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that. And also, I will be uh, NXT column, hopefully up by Sunday. We'll wait and see on that one, you know, because life. And, yeah, follow Wrestling Headlines on Twitter at Wrestle Headlines. That's Wrestle without an E. You can follow uh, on Facebook as well. I keep forgetting the name of social media. <laughs> follow on Facebook as well at Wrestling Headlines. That's the full name. When the website, obviously, in front of you the entire time. And next week, I'll bring Pirate Imp. <laughs> so the cartoon will be slightly different. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's you a lot. Uh, with that, I say thank you for watching. What are your opinions on NXT? Comment below. Send me over on Twitter. If you've joined the Twitch stream forever, always happy to talk about wrestling during those. Normally live at 5 uh, five British time or, or that's like lunchtime, America time. Or I'm live at like 8 EFC, which is more like, sorry, 8 GMT, which is more like, like afternoon time in America. Uh, I don't know when I'm live. Anyway, what do you think of NXT? Are you excited for TakeOver? Let me know. Uh, hit me up wherever. And with that... I say thank you for listening, liking, and engaging in any form whatsoever. I always appreciate it. Still find it crazy people listen to this after all this time. Strange. <laughs> anyway, with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.